Welcome back, Monsketeers, to another episode of Radnorock. I assume your favorite podcast. And today, we are doing a watch-along for a Disney animated short. And with Disney animated shorts, the watch-alongs, not only do we do the watch-along, but we cram the retrospective episode in as well. Because, well, it's in the name. A short is short. Far too short to fill a podcast. But given that, you know, it's a Disney property, uh, their copyright is very strict. So instead of doing what I would normally do for short animated features, uh, well, is it a short feature? Just, you know, animated shorts. For other animated shorts, I do our Radnorock cartoon commentaries and just provide commentary right over the animation and everything is right there. I don't usually do retrospectives because so many shorts um, don't have a ton of information beyond, you know, the casting, the director, stuff like that. I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but more often than not, I think it's pretty straightforward with, you know, here's who did it and here it is. Uh, with features, there's always fun little tidbits that go into uh, a feature-length film of any kind. So there's more to look into, and it can fill a podcast space a little bit better than, say, a random Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, you know? Um, however, Disney, with some of these more iconic shorts, i.e. like Steamboat Willie, um, uh, like the Goofy shorts, uh, and any one of those, like the old-timey ones, they, um, they often have a little more to them than just who did it. So, like with uh, what we're watching and talking about today, The Three Little Pigs. The Three Little Pigs, 1933. One of Disney's earliest um, productions. You know? It's right there, right there in the very, very beginnings. So, uh, historically, as a Disney fan, it's definitely, I feel like, something that we want to touch on and explore and, and give give its due appreciation. So here we are doing just that. So with that being said, uh, if this is your first time joining us for a watch along, it's all about synchronization with the uh, Radnorock cartoon commentaries on YouTube. No synchronization needed because I've already provided that with the commentary over the short itself. This is a little different. Um, we need to pick a format to watch it on. Personally, I use Disney Plus. I know there are uh, available options on YouTube of The Three Little Pigs. And, you know, you may have a DVD, a VHS, a Blu-ray, a Laserdisc. I don't know what you got. 8mm film? I don't know. I use Disney Plus, so for the most flawless synchronization... I recommend Disney Plus. Uh, not a sponsor yet, but you know, it just uh, it makes it easier. Uh, but hey, if you don't have Disney Plus, we still got options. So you know, everyone's got YouTube, right? Uh, cool. So go ahead and get 
lined up or get your um, medium of choice, visual medium of choice. Is that the right media of choice? I don't know. Uh, get that lined up. And what I do on Disney Plus, and I assume it would work across the board for the most part, for the most part, go, uh, you hit play, you start the short, you start, you know, your playback, hit pause again, and then rewind all the way back to the very beginning to where your time code is listed as zero 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 or however they list it. So that uh, ensures we're all together on the same page. And then I will count down from three and we will go on go. So don't go on one, go on go. Wait for the go, okay? Green means go. Go means green. I don't know. Anyhow, here we are. You ready? I'm ready. I presume you paused and came back. So here we go with the three little piggies. Well, it's just the three little pigs, but you know what I'm saying. All right. All right. So get your finger on the button. And here we are. Three, two, one, go. Boom. Boom. Like magic. Mickey Mouse presents Walt Disney's Silly Symphony? Interesting. I've never noticed the wording like that. Wouldn't it make a lot of sense to Walt Disney presents Mickey Mouse's Silly Symphony? Because the branding there, I feel like, could go farther. The three little pigs. But what do I know? They're Disney, not me. Oh, I love this one. This is one of my favorite shorts. Bane loves the music to it. I'm not sure he cares to watch too much. You sure did. Uh-huh. And you don't give a hoot. <laughs> I love it. We have a CD or had one with um, the music. And the song is basically the story. It's all of this right now. He's dressed like Donald Duck. Except it's white or black on his. His bow tie? Would you call that a bow tie? It's black on his, but white on Donald's. Otherwise, same shirt, same hat, pretty much. I like how raspy his voice is. Comparatively. You know what I mean? He just he sounds like a harder worker. Yep. We'll work and play can mix. I don't know if that's the right attitude to have, but, you know, clearly you're ahead of the game. When it comes to protection, though, is protection part of their world? You know what I mean? Do they, is there an inherent knowledge of necessity to build like a sturdy home or is it kind of like you know if you live on the beach or something you you make a hut out of palm prawns it could be enough i mean this seems like above and beyond to me but i i would prefer to live there he doesn't mm -hmm. yep and you know what they say all work and no play <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they know about the wolf. So it is kind of shame on them for not taking that more seriously. Well, everybody should be. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, I love this. 
beautifully animated, but I feel like that goes without saying. Ooh, what's in his bag, do you think? I don't think he pulls anything out of it. He might, though. Is that where he pulls the sheepskin out of to make it look like he's a, a little lamb? Wow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so they're going to beat him up and then gun him down. <laughs> wow. He has got like some sort of saliva, like glandular issue. Do you see how much he was drooling? I understand you're mouth watering, but it was a little excessive. Yeah. Yeah, not welcome. I feel like he could just push it over. He's angry. Who's on the wall? Yep. Yep. Do it. <laughs> this is impressive, though. Like, that's some sort of mutant power. You know what I mean? I'm surprised that the X-Men don't have a mutant that just has super lung capacity. Seems like a missed opportunity. Oh, bing bong. Oh, he's he's a fight fan. Did you see all the posters on his wall? Hmm, curses. Go get your bag. Is that what it was? <laughs> oh, clever, clever, clever. There's his bag again. You think they can hear that? The like clapping and patting your knees? Like you're you're far enough away to where that made no effect. Who's on the wall? The uh straw house pig had a hula lady on his wall, but this one has a boxer. I want I wanna know the backstories here. And the wolf, we didn't see him pull the sheepskin and bottle out of the bag, so I still still don't know what's in that bag. Oh, are you? Oh, no. I really would hate to know what happened to that sheep. Yeah. Sounds like they rehearsed that, huh? Why, why didn't you just start with that? You knew it was effective the first time. Why are you still trying to play mind games? You're clearly an X-Man. An X-Man. An X-Wolf. <laughs> those 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 gags still work. The holding the door up and him, hey, oh, that was a rotten apple. Why was that the one apple to explode and the other ones that actually hit the ground and stuff didn't? Ah, look at mother. I feel like there is another picture of father on the wall somewhere. Yeah, there it is, the sausage. <laughs> I've always thought that was hilarious. And I've never noticed, but he has a brick piano. How much are bricks? How much did this home cost? I mean, I hope you want your piano there forever. Oh, and there's Uncle on the side right there. He's a football. <laughs> Yeah, that joke doesn't hold up. Not not for any, like, you know, 
insensitivities, but just like the door-to-door -door brush salesman kind of isn't a thing anymore, huh? And he said a brand name, too. What was the brand name for the brush salesman? Well, this is clearly a brick house, so... Might, you might need to huff and puff a little bit more. Look at that. His pants fell off. He was huffing so hard. <laughs> that's, that's fun. I wonder the acoustics. The acoustics of the piano would severely be compromised being made of brick. Wow, look at that. I think you go purple, then blue. So that was backwards. When he was blowing for the audio-only listeners. The big bad wolf blue turned blue. He blew air, then turned the color blue, and then purple. But I'm telling you, it goes red, purple, blue, right? From when you're suffocating. <laughs> oh no! What's he making? Do you think? What's in that big pot? Was he cooking for the whole family? Turpentine? Why do you have turpentine just around? Oh, because you're painting. There's another father. Father's a ham on that one. Wait, why was father a sausage? Well, I guess because you could make multiple pieces of meat from a pig. But that's funny, too. Because <laughs> clearly the other the other frame, father was sausages. So how many different pieces do you have so father broken down in? Sausages, ham, spare ribs. <laughs> I have 16 pieces, pictures of father in different... Yeah, see? Father's back to being sausage again. And mother, how many other siblings were there in that picture? Ah, okay, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So there's four other pigs that are unaccounted for. Wow. It's a Walt Disney Silly Symphony, everyone, in Technicolor. So fun, so sweet. I enjoyed every moment of that, and I hope you did too. Uh, for... Sure, it goes without saying, without question, that that is one of my all-time favorite Disney shorts. Um, I feel like the Three Little Pigs do get some love uh, beyond just this short. I feel like they've popped up in the old like Mickey Mouse Club from the 50s, the old Mickey Mouse Club intro song. I feel like the Three Little Pigs are in there. And I'm sure some other places, too. Uh, the parks and stuff. But you know what? The perfect way to, to find out is to dive into everything we didn't know we wanted to know about the three little pigs in our retrospective section. <laughs> I like these. I like these, these combo episodes. They feel, they feel very, you know, fulfilling. So. The Three Little Pigs is an animated short film released on May 25th, 1933 by United Artists, produced by Walt Disney and directed by Burt Gillette. That's a name that we have heard on a number of occasions, I believe through some of the early Disney films and then in some of the Radnorock cartoon commentaries. Big film, or no, big name, big film, big name in uh, am animation uh, based on the fable of the same name, the silly symphony won the 1934 Academy award for best animated short film of 19. 
33. The short cost $22,000 to make and grossed $250,000. What's that in inflation? I don't know. Uh, in 1994, it was voted number 11 of the 50 greatest cartoons of all time by members of the animation field. Oh, well, you can trust them for sure. They know what they're talking about. In 2007, The Three Little Pigs was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And I would say it's all of those things. Uh, the Three Little Pigs premiered at the Radio City Music Hall as a short subject to Radio City's release of the first national pictures film, Elmer the Great, on May 25th, 1915. 33 so that's pretty cool um i don't really know what that means so did it open with the first i don't understand uh anyway the plot we don't need to go with the plot because we just watched it um let's see uh pfeiffer pig fiddler pig and Practical Pig, those are the names, I guess, are three brothers who build their own houses. All three of them play a different kind of musical instrument. Cool. Uh, Pfeiffer. Oh, what did I say? Pfeiffer Pig, Fiddler Pig. Pfeiffer, did I say Pfeiffer? Um, interesting. Uh, let's see. Okay. Pfeiffer plays the flute. Fiddler plays the violin, which I kind of feel like it's a missed opportunity to say he plays the fiddle. Um, and Practical, his name is Practical Pig. I kind of love that. Uh, Practical is initially seen as working without rest. Okay. Fid, uh, Pfeiffer and Fiddler build their straw and stick houses. Uh, Pfeiffer would be the straw house, and then Fiddler would be the stick house. With much ease and have fun all day. Cool. So their houses were built with ease. They have fun all day. Practical Pig, on the other hand, quote, has no chance to sing and dance because work and play don't mix, end quote. <laughs> Focusing on building his strong brick house, uh, Pfeiffer and Fiddler poke fun at him, but Practical warns them when the wolf comes, uh, they won't be able to escape. Pfeiffer and Fiddler ignore him, and continue to play, singing the now famous Who's Afraid of the Big Bad, Big Bad Wolf. Man, I botched that. I botched the Big Bad Wolf. I need to take a sip of something. Hold on. <clears throat> I apologize. You know, there should be some sort of game that every time I clear my throat, you, I don't know, put a dollar in a jar or something. And then send it to me. <laughs> uh, awesome. I know we. I said we weren't going to really go over the plot, but then I got sucked in. I'm, I'm not sure we would have learned that the pig's name are Pfeiffer, Fiddler, and Practical. So, you know, glad we did this. Um, let's see. As they are singing, the big bad wolf really comes by. 
Okay, uh, that's just a weird way to put that. As they as they are singing, the big bad wolf really comes by. He really does. At which point, Pfeiffer and Fiddler reveal they are in fact very afraid of the wolf, of course. So the two pigs each retreat to their respective houses. The wolf first blows Pfeiffer's house down, except for the roof. Oh, I didn't notice that. Uh with little resistance, and then Pfeiffer manages to escape and hides at Fiddler's house. <clears throat> the wolf pretends to give up and go home, but returns disguised as an innocent sheep. The pigs see through the disguise, whereupon the wolf blows Fiddler's uh, house down, except for the door, which did absolutely catch. Um... The two pigs manage to escape and hide at Practical's house, who willingly gives his brothers refuge, of course. Uh, in Practical's house, it is revealed that his musical instrument is the piano. The wolf arrives disguised as a Jewish peddler slash fuller brushman to trick pigs... Or trick the pigs into letting him in, but fails. That's interesting. The wolf arrives disguised as a Jewish peddler slash fuller brushman. Now, <laughs> in today's day and age, I feel like the Jewish peddler part is a little problematic. <laughs> and, you know, didn't age well. Not to say that the Fuller Brushman aged well, but it's far less problematic um, <laughs> than the Jewish peddler part. Uh, the wolf then tries to blow down the strong brick house, losing his clothes in the process, but is unable. All while a confident practical pig plays melodic or melodramatic piano music. Finally... He attempts to enter the house lose, or through the chimney, but smart practical pig takes off the lid to a boiling pot filled with water to which he adds turpentine. So adding the turpentine, does turpentine like turn to acid when it gets hot or is it just bad for you in general? I mean, I had imagined that it's just bad for you in general, but at the same time, like what physical effect does it have especially when mixed with boiling water i'm i'm curious um let's see so he adds the turpentine to the water that's under the chimney and the wolf falls right into it shrieking in pain the wolf runs away frantically while the pigs sing who's afraid of the big bad wolf again practical then plays a trick by knocking on his piano causing his brothers to think the wolf has returned and they hide under Practical's bed. Well, remember when I said we weren't going to go over the plot? I'm glad we did. I'm glad I didn't listen to myself. Uh, let's see. Voices. Billy Bletcher, a famous name in classic animation, uh, is the big bad wolf. Pinto Kolvig, Goofy himself, the OG Goofy, among other characters in the Disney pantheon. Um, yeah, Pinto Kovig is a very big Disney voice acting name. So Pinto Kovig is Practical Pig, 
and uh, he also plays, he also voices the Big Bad Wolf as the Jewish peddler, deleted from later versions. Well, they have the true version on Disney+. Plus. So this is one of those times where I'm saying, like, when we're syncing up to do the watch-along, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys had the the uh, Fuller Brushman peddler scene in the version you watched, but if you watched the Disney Plus version, voila, we were on the same page. Um, again, not a sponsor, but for these specifically, I feel like it just works the best. Uh, anyhow, anyhow, shout out Pinto Colvig. Man, Pinto Colvig. Uh, Dorothy Compton is Pfeiffer Pig, and then Mary... Motor is Fiddler Pig. So Pinto, Practical Pig, was the only pig voiced by a gentleman. Very interesting. Um, so let's see. Let's get some info on the reaction and legacy of uh, the Three Little Pigs. The cartoon was phenomenally successful with audiences of the day, so much that theaters ran the cartoon for months after its debut, uh, to no great financial re- response. Huh. The cartoon is still considered to be the most successful animated short ever made and remained on top of animation wait, and remained on top of animation until Disney was able to boost Mickey's popularity further by making him a top merchandise icon by the end of 1934 so okay now rereading it silently it made more sense so the cartoon is still considered one of the most successful animation shorts ever made and remained on top of animation until disney okay so there was a time where the three little pigs were more popular than mickey mouse himself so there is a moment in Disney history where the three little pigs were, were steering the ship and Mickey was just kind of on the wayside until Disney was like, you know what? We can, we can market Mickey more. Whoa. That was some, some happy, unexpected alliteration. Market Mickey more. We can market Mickey more. I'm going to be saying that for a while now. Um, where did I leave off making Mickey to merchandise icon by the end of 1934 animator Chuck Jones observed, quote, that was the first time that anybody ever brought characters to life in an animated cartoon. Uh, they were three characters who looked alike and acted differently, unquote. That's, that's a pretty astute observation. And now... Now, my mind is being blown simply because I'm realizing something. I'm realizing now that this version, I believe, I believe, and I could be wrong, and we may want to fact check this. I need a fact checker. Send your resumes to contact at Leo Legacy or podcast at LeoLegacy.com. Any of those work. J, Leal, J, the letter J, L-E-A-L, at LeoLegacy, any of those. Um, I'm only partly serious. Uh, yeah, so it, uh, the three little pigs, the way they look, do was Fiddler Pig dressed that way before Donald Duck? 
Did Donald Duck rip off Fiddler Pig's outfit? Who who's copying who is what I want to know. So I guess we we really could just look up the first time that Donald Duck appeared and what he was wearing. And I feel like he was wearing black to begin with instead of blue. But that would also imply that he came out before the shorts were being released in color. I don't know. But this one was in Technicolor because it was in theaters maybe. I don't know. But around 1930, 34, that was kind of like the the, the boom of Technicolor. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Or maybe I can just look it up. Let's see. Donald Duck. Donald Duke. 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 Donald Duck. Uh, Donald Duck first appeared in print, The Adventures of Mickey Mouse in 1931, in animation. Okay, so that's not, we're not worried about that. And in print, he was wearing a black shirt. The same as the one he wears now, but it, it was black instead of blue, but his hat is still blue. But sometimes his hat is white. I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, so first in print. And then at first in animation. Okay, so here's the important part. So the first time we see Donald Duck in animation was The Wise Little Hen from 1934. Ergo, Fiddler Pig came first, and it's Fiddler Pig's outfit. You can argue that the print version of Donald Duck had the same outfit, but that was in print, and it was not in color, and it was black, so that's fine. The fact that Fiddler Pig and Donald Duck are both wearing the same blue sailor outfit, sailor-styled outfit, except Fiddler has black trim, Donald has white trim. I don't know. I think I'm getting too too invested in into this. Anyway, other animation historians particularly admires of oh okay 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 see dyslexia man like my brain just kind of craps out other animation historians particularly admirers admirers of Winston Windsor McKay what is that of Windsor McKay Windsor McKay was an American cartoonist and animator he is best known for the comic sh- strip Little Nemo what what and the animated film uh, Gertie the Dinosaur from 1914. Interesting. Huh. Um, okay, so admirers of Windsor McKay would dispute the word, quote, first, unquote, but Jones was not referring to personality as such but to characterization through posture and movement. So other animation historians who admire Windsor McKay would dispute Chuck Jones' observation of the three little pigs being the first time that anybody ever brought characters to life in an animated cartoon that were three characters who looked alike and acted differently. His argument being um, that it's more than just referring to the personality, but the actual like posture of the characters and movements of the characters. Fascinating. So Pfeiffer and Fiddler Pig 
are frivolous and carefree. Practical pig is cautious and earnest. The reason for why the film's story and characters were so well developed was that Disney had already realized the success of animated films um, dependent, depended, man, I just can't say words sometimes. Films depended upon telling emotion, emotional gripping stories that would grab the audience and not let go. So basically because Disney was already uh, animation pro and experienced success, experiencing success, he just used the same format for the Three Little Pigs and it was a hit. So booyah. Uh, this realization led to an important innovation around the time uh, Pigs was in development, a, quote, story department, unquote, separate from the animators with storyboard artists who would be dedicated to working on a story development phase of the production pipeline. So this is like one of the first time where the animators and story artists were not necessarily, or story developers were not necessarily one and the same. And I feel like a lot of time, really good animators being forced to tell a story. And you see this a lot in like classic cartoons. You can scope it out like a number of them in our Ragnarok cartoon commentaries. Um, the story, there won't be much of a story. It'll just be a lot of dancing and a lot of like, you know, slapstick kind of gags. Um, or a story will start and then completely derail somewhere along the lines. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's really interesting that Disney kind of was able to recognize not if, just because you're good at animation doesn't mean you're a good storyteller. So the, these two things, these two pieces of the puzzle may need to be, um, built by di two separate divisions. So interesting. Um, the, Moderate but not blockbuster success of the further the three the wait hold on hold on what is this what is this the moderate but not blockbuster success of the further quote three pigs quote cartoon I don't know what that means and I don't know what that is oh I think it's a sequel got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay. Um, where did we go? Okay, so the moderate but not blockbuster success of the further Three Pigs cartoon was seen as a factor in Walt Disney's decision not to rest on his laurels, but instead to continue to move forward with risk-taking projects such as the multi-plane camera and the first feature-length animated movie, Disney's slogan often repeated over the years was, you can't top pigs with pigs. And I am going to adopt that in my everyday life and say it once a day. Hey, look, look, you can't top pigs with pigs, right? You just can't do it. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Controversy and censorship. Oh, yeah, let's, let's see. I wonder what this is about. The short film originally included a scene in which the character of the big bad wolf disguises himself as a Jewish peddler with a nose and beard. In the scene, the actor's voice switches to a Yiddish accent and the music incorporates a fiddle. 
This scene became more controversial as or after World War II and was eventually eventually edited in 1948 with a redesign of the wolf's disguise as a fuller brushman. Oh, which lacks the nose and beard and the dialogue changed from I'm or yeah, from I'm the fuller brushman, I'm giving a free sample to I'm the fuller brush man. I'm working my way through college. Interesting. So they didn't just cut the scene out. We actually watched, we witnessed the altered scene. Okay. Okay. Because when it, when they were calling it the Jewish peddler part, I didn't get, I didn't get, you know, uh, culturally stereotypical um jewish peddler vibes you know what i mean and i didn't hear uh the music change and he didn't speak in yiddish or or with a yiddish accent okay 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 so yeah then maybe we did all watch the same same version see that's pretty cool though you know what i mean instead of just like being lazy and cutting it out entirely they reworked it (laughs) and putting my way through college that's that's pretty that's funny because <laughs> what a what an interesting thing to say <clears throat> for 1930 was that like a thing in the 1930s i need to because I, I thought like college was like really pushed later later in the timeline like 50s 60s 70s around there maybe could be wrong though but maybe you know what when did they edit it oh yeah see in 1948 that's when they did edit it and see, I was right. Well, I don't know if I was right, but my assumption was like college became a more important thing towards the 50s and and on. So the fact that they updated it in 1948 <clears throat> kind of supports my theory. So proud of myself. Um, song, the song, the original song composed by Frank Churchill for the cartoon Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf was a best-selling single mirroring the people's resolve against the big bad wolf of the great depression. Um, wow. Okay. Let's, let's do that again because my dyslexia kicked in and I just started putting the wrong emphasis on, on words in this thought. Uh, okay. The original song composed by Frank Churchill for the cartoon. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf was a best-selling single mirroring the people's resolve against the, quote, big bad wolf, unquote, of the Great Depression. The song actually became something of an anthem of the Great Depression when the Nazis began expanding the boundaries of Germany in the years preceding World War II. The song was used to represent the complex, or whoops 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 complacency of the western world in allowing Fuhrer Adolf Hitler to make considerable acquisitions of territory without going to war and was notably used in Disney animators or Disney animations for uh the Canadian war effort wow that was a that was that was a lot that i just unloaded um, and that is another place where I, uh, the three little pigs do pop up. And I do remember there is a War Bonds uh, version of this cartoon as well that maybe um, 
can find some way to include here. So this is a retrospective specifically about the three little pigs. And you know what? The three little pigs. Was the wolf dressed as a Nazi? I don't really recall. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to think I'm going to try to f- look it up. Um, Cause I do, I do remember that practical pig at the end was encouraging uh, the viewers to go and buy war bonds of some kind. Let's see. Disney's three. That's not how you spell three. Three little pigs. Um, World War War Two. Uh, the Thrifty Pig. Is that is that? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The Thrifty Pig. Okay, so yeah, the Thrifty Pig definitely, definitely had uh, a a big bad wolf wearing a swastika and a Nazi officer hat. He has got a swastika armband and and a swastika on that bag that he never used. And what does that say? I don't know what that says. There's a piece of paper sticking out of the bag and I can't tell what it says, but this is fascinating. So yeah, it's essentially the same exact cartoon with some added animation of making the big bad wolf a Nazi. Um, And then it's called the thrifty pig because at the end, uh, practical pig promotes buying uh, Canadian war bonds for the Canadian government. Look at that. I wonder if we're going to go through. I don't know. It doesn't actually look like they get into that. But yeah, I knew it. I knew it. So there is some Disney World War II, um, <coughs> excuse me, propaganda uh, where they utilize the, this cartoon and they Nazify it. I, I definitely am going to do, well, they Nazify the Big Bad Wolf. They don't Nazify the whole thing. There is a cartoon with Donald Duck, though, that I do, and I will. I don't care if I'm not able to, like, monetize it in any way on YouTube or whatever, but I'm going to do a cartoon commentary to the uh, World War II propaganda uh, shorts that Disney produced. Like, if I have to somehow rip it from the DVDs that I have, or if I can find them online, but those are a absolute fascinating piece of Disney history. And I, it's one of my most treasured collectibles um, that I've got is all those world war two propaganda shorts from Disney where the thrifty pig, not only is practical pig practical, but he's also thrifty. (laughs) Fascinating. Okay. Let's see. Um, yeah, the song was further used as the inspiration for the title of the 1963 play Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf as the sequence has nothing to do with the 1966 film. Okay. The song was parodied in September 1989 during the stunt of WFLZ in Tampa, Florida. Um, uh, let's see. 
competing against its nearby competitor, WRBQ, after WRBQ failed to fill a ransom to be the only H or CHR format in Tampa area, WFLZ then started to mock it and belittle its competitor, introducing a Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf parody entitled Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Q. Okay. That does that matter to anybody who doesn't live in Tampa? Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, home media in the United States, the short was first released on VHS, Betamax, and Laserdisc in 1984 as part of its cartoon classics home video series. It came out on VHS in the UK in spring 1996 as part of the Disney Storybook Favorites series with the Jewish Peddler Animation Restored, all bet with the revoked dialogue. Um, It was released on December 4th, uh, 2001 on Walt Disney Treasures Silly Symphony, the historic musical animated classic. The Walt Disney Treasures is the same... Uh, series that the World War II propaganda uh, DVD set came out with. Um, let's see. With the PAL release, again, retaining the Jewish peddler animation along with the revoked dialogue. Oh, you guys in the UK got, got something a little different than we do back, back here. Uh, it was later included in Walt Disney's Timeless Tales Volume 1, released August 16th, 2005, Featuring the edited version in the U.S. Silly Symphonies set, which also featured the Pied Piper from 1933, the Grasshopper and the Ants in 1934, uh, the Tortoise and the Hare from 1935, and the Prince and the Pauper from 1990. And those other countries to whom the original 1933 cartoon was released, first released with original soundtrack in both England and other foreign languages, the uncensored images with original 1933 soundtracks in both England and other foreign languages are still issued by Disney, uh, by the Disney Corporation in home release videos. So from what I can gather from that is the uh, the original animation with the beard and the nose on the wolf is still being released, but they've redacted the audio and replaced that maybe. So maybe he still says he's trying to work his way through college while, you know, being super stereotypically, uh, culturally (laughs) insensitive to the Jewish people. (gasps) Anyhow, sequels. Why? Who knows? But here we go. Um, Disney produced several sequels to three little pigs, though none were nearly as successful as the original. Well, why would they be? Um, the first wa- the first of them was The Big Bad Wolf, also directed by Burt Gillette, and first released on April 14, 1934. In 1936, a second cartoon starring the three little pigs and The Big Bad Wolf followed with a story based on The Boy Who Cried Wolf, um, this short was entitled three little wolves. Oh, I, I recognize that. Maybe we should do a commentary on that one too. 
uh, and introduced the Big Bad Wolf's three pup sons, all of whom just as eager to taste of the pigs as their father. So they're holding to family tradition and they're wanting to eat the pigs. Uh, a third cartoon, The Practical Pig, was released in 1939, right at the end of the Silly Symphony's run. In this, Pfeiffer and Piper. Wait a minute. What? What? Who's Piper? In this, Pfeiffer and Piper, again, despite Practical's warnings, go swimming but are captured by the wolf, who then goes after Practical only to be caught in Practical's newly built lie detector machine. What? What? Who's Piper? Pfeiffer, Piper, and Practical? No. Where's Fiddler, man? That's weird. So no wonder these didn't do as well. In 1941, a fourth cartoon, The Thrifty Pig, uh, was distributed by the National Film Board of Canada. And this cartoon, which consists largely of reused footage from the original, Practical Practical Pig builds his house out of Canadian war bonds. And the big bad wolf representing Nazi Germany is unable to blow his house down because of the Canadian war bonds. God bless Canada. Uh, okay, here we go. Fiddler, Fiddler's Return. <laughs> it's not what it's called, but here we go. Um, Fiddler Pig, Pfeiffer Pig, and Big Bad Wolf appear in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now... Fiddler Pig, so Fiddler disappeared for a while, while and we got Piper Pig in, in the third sequel. Um, but Fiddler's back, so Fiddler and Pfeiffer and the Big Bad Wolf are in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but where's Practical? Why wasn't Practical in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And are Pfeiffer and Fiddler hanging out with Big Bad Wolf? Because that's a little concerning. Um, let's see. Characters from the film also appeared on Disney's television series Mickey Mouse Works and House of Mouse, uh, and its spinoff direct-to-video films The Three Little Pig. Wait a minute. Let me start that over. Characters from the film also appeared on Disney's television series uh, Mickey's or Mickey Mouse Works, which I loved watching, and then House of Mouse, which I didn't watch as much um and it's spin-off directed video films oh house of mouse did have some spin-off directed video films so that's what they're referencing okay the three little pigs were featured on the series um the big bad wolf was one of the villains in mickey mouse's house of villains which is really cool uh from 2002 and Practical Pig was featured in Mickey's Magical Christmas, snowed in at the House of Mouse in 2001. Huh. So why why isn't Practical hanging out with Pfeiffer and Fiddler? What was there some sort of fallout? Is it because Pfeiffer and Fiddler are hanging out with the Big Bad Wolf and Piper's let or Practical's like, look, guys, what are you doing? And that's that's the the it's a broken family now. It's terrible. Um, in one episode of the series, the wolf is portrayed as a popular jazz trumpeter with the stage name Big Bad Wolf Daddy. Ooh. And the th- and the pigs play as his backup band. 
This possibly may have been an attempt to parody the Warner Brothers cartoon Three Little Bops. Oh, well, that's funny. But, okay, so now I'm going to break down the behind the scenes. The, the behind the scenes of the Three Little Pigs. Here's more to what you didn't know you wanted to know. So, Big Bad Wolf approached the Three Little Pigs, made amends, said sorry with to them um only uh uh fiddler was the first one to accept big bad wolf's apology um or he left i don't know what i don't know what fiddler's deal is but then piper came in and then ultimately uh i I guess pfeiffer and fiddler pfeiffer got fiddler to forgive the big bad wolf and then they all became friends but then practical still wasn't into it and then they were like look if we go and approach practical and be like hey hey look we want to start a band um and that there you go they they did that that's what that's what sold practical on trusting the big bad wolf (laughs) starting a band with him oh man okay in popular culture comics Adaptations. That doesn't make sense. Comic book adaptations is what it should say. Uh, The Silly Symphony Sunday comic strip ran a seven-month-long continuation of Three Little Pigs called The Further Adventures of the Three Little Pigs from January 18th through August 23rd, 1936. This was followed by another storyline called The Practical Pig from May 1st through August 7th, 1938. Uh, The anthology comic book Walt Disney's Comics and Stories introduced a new character, Lil Bad Wolf, Lil, L-I-L, Lil, Lil Bad Wolf, the son of the Big Bad Wolf in issue number 52 from January 1945. Um, He was a consistent vexation, whoa, vexation to his father, the Big Bad Wolf, because the little son was not actually bad, his favorite playmates, in fact, were the three pigs. News stories about Lil Bad Wolf appeared regularly in WDC and S, which I guess is Walt Disney's comics and stories, for seven years. Wow, we got Lil Bad Wolf for seven years? Which, the last one appearing in issue number 259 in April of 1962. Wow. Wow, wow, wowsy. Well, I'm going to be really honest with you, and I did not expect to fill this much time all about the Three Little Pigs. I really thought this was going to be like a a quick 20, 30-minute podcast banger, maybe release two episodes if they were short. Um, You know, because my, my recording schedule currently is very unpredictable so i was i was looking to see if like okay maybe i can do a short one today and another short one another day or two short ones today and get yeah so anyhow ultimately the way i thought this was going to proceed did not turn out to be uh exactly what i thought and i'm i'm happy about that i'm happy about that i'm happy being confronted with more information than uh expected you know, I'd hate I I would have hated to run out of things to say about the three little pigs and have it be like a 15 minute episode. I don't know. Are longer episodes do you like those more or less? Would you like some more short ones? Cause like maybe you want to get through one on like a, a quick car ride. I don't know. Let me know. Send it send a send in your emails to podcast at leolegacy.com. 
And uh, yeah, let me know. Or on social media, Leo Legacy. I guess I'm doing like the closing plugs now. So anyhow, across all your favorite social media platforms, Leo Legacy, YouTube, Leo, Le- everywhere and anywhere online, Leo Legacy is is going to be us. So scope it out, check it out. Uh, we got tons of cartoon commentaries available on YouTube, over 300 of them. 300 cartoons where I run my mouth over the animation, providing questionable commentary to what we're watching together. Uh, then our library of Radnorock episodes are watch along of the Disney animated features. Um, not to, to, uh, to cement this in time too much, but at, as of the recording of this episode, uh, we're up through Peter Pan. So, we have watch along commentary episodes from Snow White through Peter Pan in chronological order. And we have companion retrospective podcasts to go along with all of those. So you can learn everything you didn't know you wanted to know about each of those films. Uh, and we will continue, continue down that path. You know, it's, uh, the, the, the quest is still afoot. I know for those of you listening in real time in this in today's day and age, it's it's been a minute since we've done a feature watch along, but you know, we'll get back to it. You know what I mean? Like it's just dad life, man. I got three got three boys running running amok every day around here. So it just it's time timing is is everything, especially for those feature watch alongs, because you know we can't break. Start to finish, we can't break. There's no hitting pause in the recording. There's nothing. We're we're all in it together and just pushing through. So, but there's a there's a nice chunk. You know what I mean? Get through snow. Get get caught up if if you aren't already. Each of those are awesome. I know there's some in there, Bambi, Dumbo, that might be like kind of not some people's favorites, but they're still fun to watch. And the retrospective podcast, even if you don't do the watch along, listen to the retrospective podcast because every single film so far has had some like tidbit of information that I have found to be uh, pretty mind-blowing. Did you know the voice of Geppetto from Pinocchio was a Nazi sympathizer since we were on a World War II little stint in this one? Yeah. Yeah. So they say. But bet you didn't know that. Bet you didn't know that. Go check out all the other things you don't know. Uh, if you're not super into um the films of disney and you're more of a park person which i don't know how you can be a park person without being a movie a disney movie buff at the same i don't know i guess there's people out there but if you are a park enthusiast well guess what there are some radnor rock retrospective episodes diving into everything you didn't know you wanted to know about the various uh disney attractions like We've got a retrospective right now on um, It's a Small World, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, and uh, it's it's deep dives into everything you didn't know you wanted to know about those rides across all the Disney parks. And to tie in with that, check out our Radnorock Vlog and Terry series. That's right. Vlog and Terry's, LeoLegacy.com under the Radnorock tab. Click on Vlog and Terry's or just look it up anywhere online, YouTube, wherever. And uh, the vlogentaries, not only am I making, I like to think of them as like small documentary films of like just events in my life, my family's life. I think it's cool. I love shooting documentary films and yeah, just a fun little hobby. And uh, anyway, 
part of that is ride-alongs. So if you like the commentaries that I do over the cartoons and whatnot, um, I do the same thing through Disney rides. So come and ride. It's a small world and hear my questionable commentary through the ride. And you know what? If you still, if you want to, if you want a taste of, of your favorite Disney ride, but you don't want to hear me running my mouth over it, well, guess what? Anything that we have a uh, ride-along of Log and Terry ride-along commentary for, I put up a version without my voiceover on it. So you can just ride the ride. We're still riding the ride together. You're still riding the ride with me and my family, but you're not going to hear me uh, providing commentary. Questionable commentary at that. So there's a little something for everyone out there in um, the the Leo Legacy uh catalog and you know what the best way to support leo legacy and everything we do is to shop our skeleton crew store leolegacy.com just click on the skeleton crew tab or that we got some options right there on the home page for you um well where else was i gonna go with that uh skeletoncrewbrand.com as well that also will take you there and it's c-r-u-e like motley crew because I'm fun like that. Uh, scope it out. Check it out. We have our own original, because of course I want to grow up to be Walt Disney one day. So I've made my own cartoon characters that grace the threads of various articles of clothing and other accessories and merchandise. Um, we have a whole Disnerd for the Disney nerd in your life. You check out our Disnerd line and... Uh, uh, pick up some Disney-themed Skeleton Crew gear. That's the, uh, like I said, best way to support Leo Legacy. The most affordable way to support Leo Legacy, and I hope each and every one of you do at least this, because I, I do very much appreciate it, is to like, subscribe, comment, and I guess most importantly these days, share. Share, share, share. Tell your friends. You're in a Disney group Share share the podcast. Share Leo Legacy in your Disney group, whatever other friends you got. Um, it's one thing for me to do it, but if I do it, then uh, I get scolded for promoting myself, which to me is kind of bonkers because don't you want to promote the things you're proud of? But hey, you know what? I'm not a social media mastermind. Those gatekeepers make their decisions and whatever. But if you share it, if you share it with your friends, if you... Or in a Disney group, and even if you're just like, hey, Jimmy, or hey, Samantha, you know, you might be into this. This guy's pretty funny. He's kind of cool. He keeps it clean for families. Your kids might like to hear this. You know what? Watch Snow White as a family with me coming out of a speaker. You know? This could be family endeavors. Make some pop, pop some popcorn. And just listen to me talk about how Doc is my favorite dwarf. I know. Hot take. Who loves Doc? I love Doc. That's who. Anyway, getting uh, getting kind of, you know, a little out of control now. Uh, hey, I hit the microphone thing, so good. We can check that off the list <laughs> of things that uh, I, I have to do before ending an episode. So with all that being said, I appreciate it. You're the best. As always, and most importantly, thank you for being a friend and telling a friend. Catch you on the next episode. Later.